Welcome to the world of giving. You've tuned into the show Volunteering At on localjobnetwork.com radio. In each episode, you will learn about another way to volunteer and make a difference in the world around you. I'm your host, Azra Mahara, and today we're speaking with Jim Starr about volunteer opportunities at American Red Cross. So perk up your ears and open your hearts. It's time to learn how to give. Well, welcome, Jim. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for taking the time to uh, come and uh, talk to us about volunteering. I'm always happy to talk about <laughs> the op- opportunities available to people to volunteer at the American Red Cross. Well, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about uh, American Red Cross and the organization itself? Sure thing. Well, I think the mission statement of the American Red Cross really sums up what we do best. And that mission statement is the American Red Cross prevents and alleviates human suffering in the face of emergencies by mobilizing the power of volunteers and the generosity of donors. So that really encapsulates what the American Red Cross is all about. Most people, when they think about the American Red Cross, think about us really in two of our biggest, most visible services that we provide, first being disaster relief. Mm -hmm. Uh, And obviously, we are always in the news when something like a um, Superstorm Sandy happens or the tornadoes in Moore, Oklahoma, and those kinds of large-scale disaster events. But we're also present responding to disasters uh, in communities every single day. In fact, 70,000 disasters a year our volunteers are responding to, most of these being single-family home fires. Oh, wow. So our disaster mission is much bigger than what people actually see in the media. The other service that we're widely known for is also our blood services mission, where we collect uh, over 40% of the nation's blood supply uh, across the country. And we do that through uh, our volunteer donors who selfishly give of themselves to help those who are in need. But the Red Cross also does many other things. For instance, we train people to save other people's lives in first aid and CPR and using AEDs. Uh, We also provide training to kids to learn how to be babysitters uh, and things of, uh, things of that nature. Uh, we also provide a lot of services, predominantly emergency communications, to family members of military members who are deployed. So if there's a soldier overseas that needs to get a message home or someone from home needs to get a message to that uh, individual overseas, like the birth of a child or the death of a family member, the Red Cross acts as a intermediary and verifier of that information so that that service member can come home for that particular event. And then we also are part of a larger uh, movement, um, a global movement worldwide through the uh, International Red Cross and Red Crescent Societies, uh, where we uh, help out when disaster strikes other countries uh, and provide funding and services to help uh, alleviate pain and suffering overseas as well. So the Red Cross has quite a large mission. Yeah, I'd say so. And volunteers play a role in every single aspect of that. Yeah, and you know, you have all these different sectors to the organization and all these different avenues that you can give back to the community. Was this all started at the same time or, you know, when was this founded? Did you guys, are you guys continuing to add on different opportunities and different ways to contribute to the community? Um, How does that work? So our our mission has um, evolved uh, over time, but we've always kind of stayed true to our core, if you will, of helping um, helping alleviate suffering, particularly those that have been stricken by disaster. Um, our, our founding in 1881 by Clara Barton, I think everyone's probably learned that in, mm-hmm. uh, in, in their history school lessons, you know, obviously started off after uh, the Civil War and um, focusing a lot on disaster relief 
So that was a big part of our founding was uh, was providing disaster relief services. But we also did uh, military support as well and and helping find uh, missing soldiers. And Clara Barton played a played a role in that uh, in that as well. And then over the course of time, other people um, became a part of our organization, obviously, and. Um, a couple of significant programs were started there. You know, our first aid piece obviously kind of stemmed from Clara Barton's work in the battlefields of civil war. Um, and we continued that tradition um, even today. But we also started to look at other types of uh, health and safety education that would be of benefit to, uh, to the country. Things like um, swimming lessons or aquatics. Our aquatics program got started in the early 1900s, I believe. And, uh, you know, obviously with the invention of the automated defibrillator, doing training with that and coupling that with our uh, CPR training. So you guys basically just go very far back. <laughs> yeah, we do. History, we do. And our blood services mission um, began during World War II, and uh, we continued doing that um, after, after the war and continue to do that today. Yeah, and it sounds like you guys continue to grow and take that on. And how long have you been um, personally with the organization? I've been with the American Red Cross since 2000. Nice. Well, thank you for all you've done there since then. Um, you've probably seen a lot. So let's talk about the various roles of volunteering. So why don't you walk us through an ideal day for a volunteer? Or let's talk about some of the various roles of a volunteer. So um, volunteers... Uh, help in every aspect of our mission. I think the most common notion that people have of a volunteer for the American Red Cross is in our disaster services mission. Mm-hmm. And the vast majority of our disaster responders, our volunteers, uh, have gone through some training that is focused on specific activities and tasks. So they are uh, educated on how to provide you know, the services that we provide during a disaster response situation and and, and then are engaged in that activity. So it really depends on what our volunteers are doing is kind of maybe a description of the day. But let's, let's start with uh, those 70,000 fires that we respond to every single year. Those services are delivered by our volunteers. Uh, and so we have disaster action teams that exist in every single community across the country that are comprised of volunteers um, who go out to assist a family whose home has been burned down or has, has suffered some other type of tragedy uh, and to help get that family back on their feet and at a point where they can take the next steps forward in their recovery. So for that volunteer, um, they have received disaster training from their local chapter uh, about how to provide those, those services. And then they will sign up for shifts or be on call. So if they, uh, the need should arise, um, someone's home burned down, that team, um, usually two, three, four volunteers, uh, may get a phone call to go respond to the house fire and meet with the family, uh, provide them, uh, get them secured in some, some lodging for the, for the next uh, few days, uh, address any other needs that they may have, food, clothing, things of that nature. Uh, and they may be on shift for, you know, for a week, depending on kind of how the chapter has structured, uh, structured that assignment. So there's, there's one example. You know, that's that you said that that was be would be one of the more popular um, roles that people take on. And now the other one that you had mentioned was the blood center. What about a typical day in the volunteer walk with the with the blood center? Sure. So our volunteers also play a very critical role in our blood collection process. Um, They are um, basically um, I'd like to kind of look at them as the face of the Red Cross to our blood donors uh, who are also volunteers, technically. But the volunteers that are helping out at our blood drives really are the face of the Red Cross. They're there when the blood donor walks through the door. They greet them. 
they, uh, you know, make sure that they're signed up, uh, make sure that they, you know, have completed any uh, the documentation that that's needed, kind of up front, or reading uh, reading some of the documentation, and and really are there to make sure that they're having a, a, a pleasant blood donation experience. And so they'll also be kind of uh, at the end of the blood donation process there to provide uh, the donor. You know, something to drink, something to eat uh, while they sit there and uh, kind of relax for about 15 minutes after the donation before they go on their way. So they are kind of the, uh, the face of the Red Cross for us at these blood donor drives, uh, a kind of a, a, a donor ambassador, if you will. And what kind of credentials do you need? I mean, you have to have some kind of certified training to do that. Um, I mean, obviously, maybe not to do the meet and greet kind of thing, but um, what kind of credentials are you looking for in your volunteers? And not just you know, for uh, the blood donation, but in, in any area? You know, really the, the, the typical skill sets that we're looking for are people who want to help others, people who have, you know, obviously that kind of compassionate bone, if you will, in their body and are looking to make a difference in someone else's lives. So people who are, are outgoing, um, it can be empathetic. Those are, I guess, some of the traits that we look for in our volunteers. With respect to kind of professional training or credentialing, it really does depend on what role um, the volunteer is going to play. For example, we have volunteers who, who help with uh, disaster victims and help them kind of manage the next steps or kind of coping through the, through the impact of that disaster. So we have mental health professionals who volunteer for us, uh, and they come with uh, the required credentials to be a health practitioner. We also have professional nurses who are volunteers with us as well, um, who bring with them that kind of credentialing as well. But in terms of the majority of our volunteer workforce, there, uh, we don't have requirements for uh, professional credentials. So essentially, anybody can be a volunteer for us. And, and one neat thing about the opportunities that we have for volunteers at the Red Cross is that we have a multiple ways for people to engage. We mentioned, you know, some of the different lines of service right. that people can volunteer in and doing different roles, like being a CPR instructor. But we also are looking for people in different, what I'll just call levels, if you will, um, of the organization. So not just frontline service workers, people delivering our mission on a day-to-day basis on the front line, but also in supervisory or management positions. And do you do any kind of training for your, I mean, I know you had mentioned some um, some different services that you had in, earlier, but what kind of training do you have for any volunteers that would want to get involved more? Or do you have anything like that? Oh, sure. We have kind of a basic Red Cross orientation and overview that we provide to all of our volunteers. And many of our chapters conduct kind of orientation sessions in the communities for people to walk in, sign up for, and just learn a little bit more about the organization. Uh, once someone has signed up to be a volunteer, you know, we talk to the individual to find out, you know, where their interests and skill sets lie and where the best fit may be for us with the needs that we may have in a particular community. And then once they're assigned to a particular function or even a job, we may provide additional training for that individual to be effective in that particular job. So, for instance, in disaster services, there is an entire curriculum for our disaster services volunteers. Volunteers that are, are um, CPR instructors um, get certified instructor training uh, to actually be uh, an instructor for first aid and CPR. So uh, there's basic orientation that's provided to all volunteers. And then depending upon the function that a volunteer is working in or the job that they're performing, 
uh, there'll be additional training that's provided as well. And obviously you can't promise anything, but have you ever, in your experience um, since you've been there, seen that actually lead into um, a paying position or a career or a job of any kind? Oh, sure. That happens countless times. That's good. Yeah. Some of our best employees have been former volunteers. Uh, we have people who have served in the service line you know, jobs who are now uh, working for the organization. We have former board members uh, of our chapters who have moved into management positions within the organization as well. We also have former employees who are some of our best volunteers as well. Yeah, and, and it sounds so basically, to, you know, just want to make sure that I'm getting this out there for that I'm hearing this and, and that the listeners understand. So it doesn't matter what your skill level is, your experience level, what your credentials really are, that you guys will take a volunteer and you will find a fit for them. And, you know, if there's interest there, you'll also provide some kind of training or, or you know, some something to kind of progress them into the organization if they would choose. That is correct. Right. So it really is, um, we, we seek to to align the the needs and expectations and desires of a individual who'd like to volunteer with us with what our particular mission and community needs are for our services. And where we make those matches is where we have power and our ability to deliver our services. And what kind of time commitment is involved? That's a great question. <laughs> I know that's um, probably across it, the board, but, you it, know. It is. And so it really, again, it depends upon um, what role you're going to play. So we okay. have roles that um, kind of can match and meet different time requirements or constraints that people have. Not everybody can donate or volunteer for, you know, 10 hours a week or in some cases 40 hours a week, but they might be able to do something, you know, a few hours a month or Mm -hmm. a couple hours a week. So we have jobs that, many jobs that kind of fit into those different things. So let's take the disaster action team volunteer that I mentioned. You know, we would ask that that individual be available to respond to a house fire for a period of time during a month. Uh, okay. And again, that varies across our organization depending on our, how our chapters have set up their schedules. But we may ask a volunteer, for instance, to be available for one week during the month or you know, every Monday or you know, depending on what that looks like. Uh, and so that would be on call. So they may get a phone call, they may not. For our blood donor volunteers, we may ask them to basically you know, um, volunteer as much as they can but it, it, so it may be, you know, working, um, I don't know, uh, one blood drive a week or one blood drive a month. It really depends upon their availability. If we have someone who's interested in becoming what we call kind of a deployable disaster responder, someone that can move from one city to another and help in these large scale disasters that do get all that media attention, we typically re- ask that our trained volunteers um, who are interested in doing that be able to, to volunteer for at least two, we prefer three weeks. So for example, the volunteers that we have in, in Moore, Oklahoma, that have come from outside of the Oklahoma City area uh, are generally there for two to three weeks um, at a time. It really does depend upon uh, what, what job and what function you're fulfilling. And now would they be responsible for the transportation out there in that circumstance or how does that work? No, um, we, we actually um, cover the travel and lodging expense for those volunteers that we deploy to those large disasters. And what happens if, um, you know, if I did live in Oklahoma and something happened where there was a natural disaster and I wanted to uh, volunteer, you know, locally, you know, how would I get in touch with you guys and, and get involved? Like, what would be my first step to take? 
So your first step to take would be to reach out to the local chapter that's there. So in the instance of Moore, Oklahoma, that's our Oklahoma City chapter. Uh, we, you know, typically when, for example, when that tornado struck, we were able to stand up our um, our volunteer intake process online, and and so people could visit, and five thousand people did sign up to volunteer, you know, online, and we've already uh, deployed. Um, almost a thousand, I believe, of those volunteers who signed up who have had no prior affiliation with the American Red Cross before the event. Um, so the easiest and fastest way um, is, is to go online. We have an online volunteer management system we call Volunteer Connection that walks the volunteer um, all the way through finding something to do. So it's where you can look at our different volunteer opportunities to actually filling out and submitting an application um, and then your whole volunteer experience, as long as you're part of with the Red Cross, is managed, uh, managed through that system as well. And that can be found at uh, redcross.org. And what if a, a company as a whole wanted to get involved and, and volunteer and kind of do something to make a difference? So we have um, lots of different um, opportunities that are available to uh, companies and other groups, uh, different ways to get groups of people engaged at a, at a single time. Uh, and so it really depends upon what the company's interests are and how they'd like to contribute back to their community through our mission. And uh, one such program we call Ready When the Time Comes. And that's a program where we will train an identified group of employees um, in disaster response and then uh, reach out to them when we have the need for uh, disaster workers. Um, but we can also offer other ways for that group to engage with us during times when there isn't a disaster. Uh, this could be anywhere from things like sponsoring a blood drive to uh, helping us distribute preparedness information in communities to a variety of other ways to engage as a company. And um, just touching on the, the blood drive, are there any certain types of uh, blood types that you need in particular more than the rest, I guess I should say? Well, yeah, that's a great question. Uh, you know, the standard response is we need all types, um, right. but there are... <laughs> Those that we do need more, and that's uh, typically type O. Okay. O positive and O negative. Those are our, O negatives are universal blood donors, so um, uh, we are always in need of type O blood. So let's let's move on to a different section and just kind of let's talk about some examples that you might have. We're getting wrapping up on time here, but I want to hear about a, a story that you might have or a memorable volunteering experience. That's a great question, and 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 to be honest, it's there 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 are so many that it would be difficult for me to pick out just just one, and, and it may be a you know disservice to all of our wonderful volunteers who all have great stories, and and I've I've been witness to many of those great stories, but what does amaze me about um, our volunteers, and and we've seen this occur many times, is is when a volunteer's own home is struck by a disaster. Um, and after they've made sure their family is safe, they're out there volunteering for the Red Cross, um, despite having lost all of their own stuff and all of their own, you know, their, their own home. They're helping others in their community. They're out there helping their neighbors deal with the tragedy of that disaster. And so it just it demonstrates our volunteers' incredible commitment to our mission uh, and the compassion that they have for their neighbors. And it can, I, you know, it helps restore hope that can definitely be lost in, in a disaster. And so why to you, what is the main reason why it's so important to get involved? Well, I think, well, number one, it's, it, is, it is how we deliver our mission. So the Red Cross can't do what we do without our volunteers. So, so from a more selfish standpoint, you know, that's, a, that's an important reason to, uh, to become part of the Red Cross family. 
Uh, it's, it's how we deliver our services. It's how we help communities across the country. But I think on, on another note, it's also very rewarding for, for someone to, to, to help their community. And, and what makes the Red Cross a great place to volunteer? Uh, and I would encourage anybody to volunteer anywhere that they have a passion for. Um, if that's not the Red Cross, great. Get out in the community and help others um, through volunteering. But the Red Cross has a, a great opportunity for volunteers for a, a couple of reasons. One, we've got a myriad of ways for someone to engage. And, and you may come to us and want to become a disaster volunteer, but you also may find another area that interests you. You may want to go help out on a blood drive or become a first aid and CPR instructor or help with our services to the Armed Forces mission. There are so many different things for volunteers to do with our organization that uh, you won't get bored. That is, that is for sure. And then the, the other um, neat thing about volunteering with the Red Cross is it provides an individual an opportunity to provide help hand-to-hand, face-to-face, eyeball-to-eyeball with those that have been impacted mm-hmm. uh, and those in need. You get an opportunity to deliver a service and see the effect of delivering that service right then and there. You know you've made a difference. Um, and it, it's just a, such a rewarding experience for, for everybody that's been uh, able to volunteer for us. And I, I can't agree with you more. And um, usually when people volunteer, they, they feel more full of life and happiness um, in the end. And it actually usually helps that person individually just as much as it helps the person that they're, they're volunteering to contribute to. Well said. Um, but that pretty much wraps up our time. I do want you to give out your contact information, um, kind of how a volunteer would get in touch with you one more time. Sure. The The best way is um, online, and that's at www.redcross.org, uh, or you can call 1-800-RED-CROSS. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jim, for coming in and speaking with me today. We are, again, out of time, but listeners, your time to act is now. Remember that one person can make a difference and that person can be you. Please feel free to email me with any organizations you'd like to learn more about on your or your testimonials about volunteering at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. I'm Azure Mahara, and thanks for giving. 